Welcome to Team Perry's Step Out of Line podcast, featuring co-hosts Perry and Lori Finkelstein. Together, they explore, meet, and share inspirational stories with guests who have made a positive impact in today's world. This podcast resonates with our hope to make this world a better place one step at a time through love, acceptance, and uplifting conversations. I would have to point to the left turn I did after working in the corporate world for a few years out of graduation, which is what I thought I would do my entire life. I thought I would just follow this executive path. I came from a family. My dad was a corporate lawyer. Uh, My family really believed in traditional education. There wasn't much of a model for entrepreneurship for me as I was growing up. I mean, maybe Mrs. Fields, but that felt very far off. And so I just expected that I would follow this trajectory that was more corporate. And after working in investment banking and working for a couple of years at a tech company, a couple of things happened. One was this internet boom that I was part of, this late 90s dot-com boom is what they called it. The bottom dropped out of that world. And sort of overnight, all of these tech jobs Uh, dried up. And I was part of that world. And so I was, you know, without a job and without many prospects. And then a few months later, 9-11 happened. And with that sort of one-two punch that life gave me, I was left with a little bit of time and wherewithal to reflect and realize that maybe I wasn't on the path that I myself truly wanted to be on. 9-11 really gave me the perspective that, you know, everything is fleeting. And if it could all end tomorrow, which it can, what was I doing with my life? And I realized I wanted to do something that brought me joy and injected more meaning into the world, even if that was a small piece of cake. So instead of going to business school, which was the next logical step for me, I ended up going to pastry school. And certainly that decision surprised a lot of people. It wasn't anything that people in my world, a very sort of traditional, you know, education did. And I think people thought it was a phase, but for me, it was really just following my passion and realizing what I wanted to do with the rest of my career. Sprinkles. We were in New York City running to be in a parade once and Perry made us go down a certain block. She goes, we have to go see this ATM there. The Cupcake ATM came about, as so many great entrepreneurial ideas do, from a personal frustration. I had sprinkles, multiple locations at that point, and was pregnant with my second son and had a late night craving for a cupcake. And of course, you know, I had pregnancy cravings just like the rest of the world. And mine happened to be, lucky for me, sprinkles cupcakes. So I ate a lot of dark chocolate cupcakes throughout both of my pregnancies. But on this particular night, it was late. We had no cupcakes in the house and I was out of luck. So, you know, my husband and I like to say we embrace the crazy idea. Sprinkles originally was considered a crazy idea. And then sure enough, this cupcake ATM, instead of shrugging my shoulders and saying, "Uh, there's no way to get a cupcake this time of night. I thought, well, what if you could get a cupcake? 
any time of day, what would that look like? How can we make that happen? And my husband and I just brainstormed, you know, for a few hours late into the night and came up with this idea. And the Sprinkles Cupcake Vending Machine ATM was born. You call yourself even a serial entrepreneur. So your mind must be always working. You're coming up with the ideas. What does it take for you to realize that this is the idea that we're going to do? So I definitely have a million ideas a minute. And I've come to realize that a creative mind is never at rest, but that's a blessing and a curse because that can lead you in a million different directions and it can leave you really unfocused on what you ultimately want to do. Like, and I, and I think that what I've learned, you know, is that starting things is really fun for me, but finishing them is the point. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, as much as I love a fresh slate, you know, a new idea and that initial excitement of getting something started and going from zero to one, doing that, building something, creating something out of nothing takes so much effort and so much focus that if I'm chasing all of these ideas over here, I'm never going to get to where I want to be with the original idea. Um, so that's a long way of saying I don't pursue every idea. I wait for the ones that I can't stop thinking about, the ones that I believe have a big market and that I'm able to run some numbers and kind of test that there's an opportunity there and test in other ways that um, you know are sort of smaller scale before I go all in. So for example, sprinkles, I started out of my West Hollywood apartment, just baking cupcakes for friends and friends of friends and my name spread. It grew throughout LA and that, that was the traction I needed, the, the little bit of traction to give me the confidence to go all in, sign a lease and start building out a location. Your husband, he's your partner in crime. Can you imagine not having him to rely on and to work with? Well, we have been working and partnering together in business and life for so long that I know I can't imagine my life without him in any you know way. But I really believe in the benefit of, of having a great co-founder, particularly someone who has a similar work ethic, but has different skill sets. Any startup, you are really faced with very little resources more work work to do than you could possibly ever get done. And so to be able to divide and conquer is really important. And to have someone that you trust so innately that you know has your back at home and at work has been everything for me. And he was originally the person who said, I believe in you, I believe in this idea. After I went to pastry school and, and I thought, hey, the, the cupcake needs to be elevated. I think I could actually take something that is truly beloved in this country, but has become a commodity and make it into a brand. And he said, if you nail the recipes, I will quit my job in finance and I will join you. And having someone that looks at you and says, I believe in you so wholeheartedly that I'm betting on you it, it was everything. It was what gave me the confidence to be able to become an entrepreneur because, as I said before, I never considered that as a pursuit for me. I didn't grow up in a family of entrepreneurs. When you hear ideas of, let's say, a newer generation, what they're thinking, do you think, 
why didn't I think of that? I love brainstorming, but I also realize that even though I may love an idea and it may be a great business opportunity, I may not be the right person to lead that business to success. I was the right founder for Sprinkles. I had a certain um, experience and perspective and opportunity and, you know, personality characteristics that made me perfect for that job at that moment and that opportunity. But there are other entrepreneurs that look at the world and they see an opportunity, they see a white space in a market and they just kind of go after it, whether they have experience in that market or not, they just sort of arbitrage it. But for me, it starts with passion. It starts with really loving what you do. And I think that that for me is, it's part of every company that I'm involved with, because I just think it's that special X factor that you don't get if you're just looking at something as a pure business opportunity. It definitely went a long way for me. So I may see great opportunities come across my desk and sure, maybe I'll write a check here or there to be an angel investor in something, but to be operationally involved, to be a co-founder in a business and really get it off the ground rather, I need to be passionate about the idea and, and the market. You have two boys. Do you think, are they going to grow up to be entrepreneurs as well? I sure hope they'll be entrepreneurs. I have found my time as an entrepreneur to be really fulfilling. So of course I would want the same for them, but at the end of the day, I want what they want and what will make them feel fulfilled. I can't imagine that that would be the life of a corporate lawyer just because they've grown up in a house where we've had obviously worked a lot, but also ultimately had a lot of flexibility with our schedules. So I think they think that's normal, which it really isn't. More traditional work schedule would probably be harder for them. But I want them to ultimately get some experience and work with people that really excite them. And then when they see the right opportunity, go out on their own. But I think it's important to have some experience and learn from people who, um, you know, have been down a few roads before. Sometimes, you know, being youthful and having that energy and just going for it, um, there's something to be said for that too. My point is don't decide you have to be an entrepreneur and then find the opportunity. I think that, you know, you can go get some good experience while you're looking for it. How many businesses are you currently involved in and, and running? Sprinkles. My husband and I have stepped away from operationally. We sold the majority to private equity a few years ago. Pizzana is um, the company that we're most involved with. We spend a little bit of time on our children's development center, but there's a founder who's running that from day to day. And then we also have a um, an athleisure line. And, and But don't spend as much time on that. Pizzana is currently in like a very, um, very much a growth phase. We're planning to double the number of locations of our pizza restaurant. We just opened our um, first out-of-state restaurant in Dallas. So it's all hands on deck with Pizzana right now. Sprinkles was such an exciting moment. Really, I landed on something that came about so organically and authentically from a place of passion. Nobody believed in it except for me. And then I somehow turned out to be right which was very exciting. But I'd have to say a close second to that is having written and published this book that I just released called Sweet Success. 
which is a guide to entrepreneurship for first time and aspiring entrepreneurs. And it tells a story of my coming up with the idea of sprinkles, you know, building the brand, scaling it, building a great company culture, ultimately selling it. And, you know, I share stories of all the mistakes I made along the way and really help inspire people, but also give them a roadmap to starting their own business. You enjoy being in front of the camera as, you know, in Cupcake Wars. It was so much fun being part of Cupcake Wars. And again, that was a right place at the right time. That show really took off and, and had success around the world. Cupcakes were, I mean, they were just booming in popularity and they became an export. I mean, when cupcake places started, you know, popping up in Paris, France, I thought this, I never thought I'd see the day. Here, here's the, you know... This is like the birthplace of pastry and, right. and American cupcakes are, are now on the scene. So I loved my, you know, my co-judge, Florian Belanger. I loved my host, Justin Willman. You know, for me, TV is never really a means to an end because it's really more about showing up as the face of a brand. So that was about me you know, elevating the Sprinkles brand on TV, not so much about being on TV, because once you're on TV, you realize how not glamorous it is, really long production days. And of course, I was the only regular female on set, so I had to get there two hours earlier than my male counterparts because I had to get hair and makeup. It was a really fun experience. Um, and then I had fun on Sugar Rush again, which was on Netflix. And we filmed three seasons of that. And that one I executive produced. So I like a little mix of being in front and behind the camera as well. Out of all of your childhood baking experiences and recipes, what would you say is your favorite one, your go-to now that even reminds you of, you know, where you came from and who you are? Everybody has that one recipe. Well, the recipe that got me started truly was, I think, very similar to many people out there, the chocolate chip cookie, because even before it's baked, it's delicious. It's hard to make a bad chocolate chip cookie. Even if they don't rise, they're thin and crispy, or if they puff too much, they're just chewy. I think the recipe that really reminds me of baking with my mom and also that my kids now love is angel food cake. Angel food cake is not very common these days, but my kids request it for every birthday they have. And when they have friends over, all of them are like, what is this magical cake? We've never had this cake before. And I'm like, let me introduce you to the cake of the 1980s. It's the angel food cake and it's so good. It's light, it's sweet. I put a little glaze on there. It's delicious with cream and fruit. So I love angel food cake. Purpose, passion, your personality. What other characteristics do you think an entrepreneur should have? Grit and resilience are really key because, you know, and, and this is true of life as well, but there are so many challenges. Again, if it were easy, everyone would be doing it. Entrepreneurs, they see a problem in the world and instead of waiting for somebody else to address it, they get up off the couch and do it themselves. So they are change makers, they are trendsetters, they are ultimately very optimistic people and you have to lean on that optimism, but fall back on that grit and resilience because you're going to get knocked down more than a few times. I always think of the female founder of Canva who 
there were a hundred VCs who told her no for funding her idea when she first went out for financing. A hundred. I can't even imagine. I talked to friends who are, you know, just completely dismayed when they've gotten five no's from VCs. So it's that grit and resilience that will see you through to success for sure. And keep that optimism. I let myself get down, but not for long. You got to just give yourself a window and then get back up. I think as an entrepreneur, sometimes you have to be nimble in terms of how you get to that destination. Ultimately, you know, you have to not be rigid in terms of it has to go a certain way, but you do have to be rigid in terms of staying true to your, your core values and your mission.